Let's just ask the Lord's blessing on his word tonight. Thank you, Father, for the ministry of God, the Holy Spirit, who's ever sent to glorify Jesus. And he inspired the writing of Holy Scripture. And so we ask for his aid tonight as we look at these, these passages of Scripture. They will indeed open our eyes to the truths of your word. And if there should be someone here who does need particular grace and help and forgiveness and salvation, you'll cause them to, to seek your face and to hear your word. So we thank you uh, for the Bible, God's inspired word, and pray that the Holy Spirit will indeed anoint the preacher. Just as we pray, wherever the word of God's been preached tonight in chapels and churches across our land, we pray that you anoint the preachers there, that Christ will be uplifted and glorified. We ask it for his name's sake. Just uh, as a matter of interest, this morning, I don't uh, listen to the radio all the time, but uh, uh, while I was having my breakfast, there was uh, uh, the Saturday Live program on, and uh, uh, normally I'll just turn it off, but it did say that there would be uh, a fundamentalist man and his Bible, and so well, I thought, well, I'll listen on. Uh, and it appears that uh, this man was referring to his father's fundamentalist Bible, as he called it, uh, uh, and the father was converted uh, in South Wales and became a preacher of the gospel. And the Bible, of course, was a King James Bible that we've been reading from this evening. Uh, he says when he reads it, he, he feels close to his father. Well, uh, that was just, a, just just by the way. But it's not often that you hear reference to, to the Bible as such in uh, indirect circumstances like that. Uh, now, after I was converted when I was 16 years of age, and I came to accept the authority of God's word as I read it, in the morning, a chapter in the morning and a chapter so in the evening. And uh, my position hasn't changed, you know, over 60 years. Now, I, I'm going to... Uh, I'm preaching from Isaiah 61, but as those of you who know your Bible will know that it links up with Luke 4. Uh, so I'm just going to start in, 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 in Isaiah... Uh, and uh, is it, I, I've been going through, in my quiet time in the morning, I've been going through uh, the Old Testament, as I always do, and I've been through, just recently finished the book of Isaiah, and are now in J Jeremiah, both great prophets. And uh, Jeremiah starts by talking about the whole head is sick, uh, 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 and so on. And uh, uh, he goes on, to give uh, the truth of God so wonderfully. Actually, chapter 6 really is his conversion, isn't it? Uh, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And as a choir boy, I was in church, I had under the conviction of sin for a number of years as a choir boy. And when I left school, went to work, and then Sunday evening I went and I was well aware of my sin, as I say, having a deep conviction. And then I had this vision of Christ. You can only call it a revelation. 
But it was the risen Christ with his crucified uh, hands reminding us of the precious blood that he shed on Calvary. And I was converted that night. I was regenerate. I went out, I went into church, a non-Christian. I came, came out a saved man. And, and it's all of God's grace, all of God's mercy. And uh, anyway, I'll just say that just by the way. Uh, anyway, go, get back to Isaiah. Uh, under the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit, he gives, as it were, like prophetic uh, pictures of the life of Christ right through the, the, the Gospel. And remember, these scriptures were, were written seven centuries before Christ, which is amazing. And this book is particularly full of Christ, it is. We can only touch on one or two uh, of the truths here tonight. Uh, although I do have a text, and I'll give it to you in a minute. Um, we, we see his, his virgin birth, uh, Isaiah seven fourteen. Behold, a virgin shall be uh, with child, uh, shall bear a son and call his name Jesus, uh, and uh, uh, call his name, sorry, Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And we find that also it mentions his kingship in Isaiah 9, verse 6, For even unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And uh, it, it, the Lord has the government upon his shoulder. We need to pray for those in authority. We haven't prayed earlier for our government and the decisions made of the, who the new leaders should be. But we need to pray about that, of the Conservative Party. Uh, but here we see the kingship of Jesus. Uh, he, the Bible, throughout the Bible, we read of, of he who is the King of kings and Lord of, of lords. And all this, of course, is all given by God the Holy Spirit. I mean, to think that, uh, as it were, if we were to go back to the 1500s, and to think that... Uh, you know, that something could have been written then that affects us now in all such detail, you know, we wouldn't believe it was possible. You see the divine uh, conviction and authority uh, of the Word of God. Uh, we can only just touch on these things. Then we have his wonderful work on the cross of Calvary. We're all familiar with Isaiah 53. He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. And he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the justice of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. And all the, the wonderful picture and the detail going on to the end of the chapter, where it speaks of, uh, of, the, of the, the dying thief, the two others, criminals, uh, on the crosses with Jesus in the midst, and uh, one uh, indeed asked the Lord to come down from the cross and, and save him and, uh, and the other rebuked him. Said, Don't you fear God, seeing we're in the same condemnation. But this man have done nothing amiss. And he says unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And the Lord graciously says, says to him, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. You know, how, how, how wonderful. He didn't have any time to earn his salvation, but by the grace of God he was saved and bound for heaven. Yes, there's so much that we could uh, 
we could find, bring out of Isaiah. But we'll just lift, lift, leave that bit just at the moment. And I want to go back for a text. Isaiah 61, verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. You have sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the open in prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. It's interesting when Jesus in Nazareth, we'll see in a minute, he, let, he didn't mention that bit, the day of vengeance of our God. We'll see the significance of it in a little while. Uh, that was, of course, more to do with the second coming of Christ. So firstly, we see as a title, we might, Jesus Christ anointed ministry to proclaim the gospel. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he have, a, uh, have anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. The meek were the poor, the meek were the teachable, those who are willing to receive God's word, uh, and that is the way to be saved. And Jesus was a prophet, and Jesus uh, was a priest, and Jesus was a king, wasn't he? All three. Uh, I'm just trying to read my own writing here, don't worry. <laughs> um, here we have Jesus' gospel, almost like his gospel manifesto. I know that word is used in the political uh, terms, but, but there's so manifold things said about the Saviour uh, and his ministry. First of all, good tidings uh, unto the meek. Good tidings. Uh, think of at Christmas time, good tidings of great joy. And Jesus came to bring that, didn't he? Good tidings of great joy to, to this world and all who receive them as their saviour know something of those uh, good tidings. Uh, there's so much we could say about that, the good news of the saviour. We'll uh, say a bit more perhaps in a minute. But uh, secondly, <coughs> Jesus came to bind up, uh, it says, the, the broken-hearted. Uh, and he came, as it were, to bind them up, to, to bandage, if you like, people whose hearts are broken. There's so many people today. I remember a lady on the caravan park at Toaster saying to me one day, my heart is broke, she says. Well, it was good to be able to tell her that Jesus has come to bind up, to heal the broken-hearted. And this word really covers every type of human uh, condition, as it were. Uh, and the Lord wants to help people. And we as Christians, we have a ministry in that way of helping people who are afflicted. Uh, and it's all of Jesus' ministry carried out through his servants. And some are doing a great work in that direction. And it covers human breakdown and so on. Now, a more concern for people in that direction. In Isaiah 57, 15, it says, Thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in a high and holy place with him that is of a contrite uh, and humble spirit. To receive, revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Uh, contrite or contrition. Uh, I look at... Uh, when I was at college, we, we were encouraged to get the Oxford's Concise Dictionary, being a Cambridge supporter. <laughs> anyway, 
But it's, it's an excellent, uh, excellent dictionary, for it says uh, of uh, people who are contrite, it says, broken in spirit by a sense of sin, completely penitent. Well, amazing. The writer of this must have been a Christian, I think. Uh, and uh, to have that uh, uh, state of heart, God can help people like that. Personal ministry of soothing and, uh, and healing. If people are, are penitent, are, are ready to receive God's word. And uh, of course, humble is a similar word, isn't it? Then we see, thirdly, Jesus came to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to them that are bound. Many today, sadly, are captive, perhaps by drink or drugs, said in Scotland. It's been really bad there, and the number of such people has increased considerably of recent years, sadly. Uh, I expect it's bad in parts of England too. And in John 8 verse 11, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, my teaching, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Actually, it's outside on the, on the notice board. That verse is 8.32. The truth shall make you free. Praise God. And John 17, 17, Jesus prays, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is, is, is truth. I was going to be naughty and say, Have you read God's word today? Uh, I'm sure that I don't need to ask folk here. Release the bringing of prisoners out of the dark dungeon of the, in, into the light. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, To point unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the spirit uh, uh, and, uh, uh, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might receive uh, the Lord's blessing. Here's a sort of exchange here. Beauty instead of, uh, of ashes. Ashes associate the children of Israel whenever there was trouble in a sense they put on sackcloth and ashes didn't they and uh, uh, to beauty to be dressed beautifully to oil of joy in place of mourning and we praise God that those uh, of us who mourn lost dear ones have known the Lord's joy in our hearts even though we're sad losing our, our, our loved ones and thirdly, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Uh, now, in Luke 4, uh, Jesus goes to Nazareth, uh, where he's brought up. And Luke 4, verse 14, we're in Luke 4 now. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. Verse 15. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. It's good to have a custom to go to God's house regularly. I'm sorry I'm not here in the morning, because I would love to be here in the morning. And was there delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. 
And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he has anointed me to, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captains, and open of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he stopped there. That's significant. He, 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 Jesus stopped there, and then he gave the book, which would have been the scroll, back to, to, the, to the minister of the, the synagogue there. He didn't go on about the vengeance of our God, because that was to do with, to, to do with the second coming, as it were. But he stopped there because he was... I'm sure he was... He, because later, as we read on, you'll follow better as I'll read on. And it says, And the eyes of all them, verse 21, in the synagogue were fastened on him. You know, this word fastened, it's something that, uh, you know, holds, as it were. And, they, and they, were, they were looking at him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And we see the reaction of the Nazareth Jews here. Verse 22. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son, uh, the carpenter's son? We say sometimes familiarity breeds contempt. Well, it did in this case, didn't it? They couldn't understand how this dear man, a young man brought up in the carpenter's shop, how he could have the sort of ministry he, he had. Now, I'm going to quote a couple of verses to do, to, to do with unbelief. Uh, because they're very appropriate here. And that is in... Uh, there's unbelief and there's belief, isn't there? A believer in Jesus and an unbeliever. Matthew thirteen fifty eight, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Hebrews 3, verse 12 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And we see the consequences are very serious. Luke four twenty four, And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Verse 25, And I tell you of a truth, Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up three years and six months when when great famine was throughout all the land. Well, we've had it dry and warm for a few weeks, haven't we? Fortunately, not three years and six months. <laughs> uh, but, when, but unto none of them was Elijah sent, but unto Sarepta, the city of Sidon, unto a woman... That was a widow. And of course Elijah says, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, First Kings 17, 1, Before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these three years, according to my word. Uh, and uh, there's so much we could say about that. When you go through the book of uh, Isaiah, it's the same now I'm reading Jeremiah, there's continual reference to the Gentiles. So in a sense, they, must, they should have realised that although they're the original chosen people, 
to be for, for whom the prophets would come and the Messiah would come. They weren't, the, the gospel wasn't just for them, but for, was the, the, you know, for every nation under heaven. Luke 4, 27. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of, of Elisha the prophet, and none of them were, were cleansed, saving Naam and the Syrian. Well, you can understand getting upset because he, he was mentioning to those who were, that were, were really Gentiles, I assume. Uh, and then we see uh, the, the extreme reaction of the Jews, verse 28. And they, in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. They, they, were, they were angry, uh, verse 30, and rose up and thrust him out of the city, and led him unto a brow of the hill uh, whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong, kill him in other words. But he passing through the midst of them went his way, amazingly. It centers, centers it mentions the brow of the hill, because when you go to Nazareth, I've been to Nazareth, it's, 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 it's as if it's on a, on a hill at the top of it. And when you go out of Nazareth, you've got to go down. So it would have been quite easy for them to push him over, as, as it were, but the Lord Jesus, under the preservation of God, uh, he was able to, to escape, as it were. And we see the extreme reaction of the Jews. Now we see the exemplary uh, response of the Jews in Capernaum. What a contrast to the two synagogues. Uh, Luke 4, verse 31. And he came to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. In other words, it would have been continuous ministry. And they were astonished at his doctrine, his teaching, for his word was with power. And then Jesus, there Jesus healed a man who was of demon possession. And uh, verse 37 said, And the fame of him went uh, out into every place of the country round about. And then later on, he, he went to Simon, uh, Simon's home and his wife's mother had a great fever. Uh, and uh, uh, he laid his hand and healed her and she later came and ministered unto him. And so we see, uh, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, uh, Isaiah says, because he anointed me, speaking of Christ, to preach good tidings unto the meek. He have sent me to bind up the, the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the, the, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to, and to, to proclaim uh, acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Well, the last bit is yet to be fulfilled, as it were. But Jesus was the fulfilment of that scripture, written seven centuries before, so we thank God for fulfilment of his holy word. And tonight, if we are those who are in bondage to sin and to Satan, we'll have to ask the Lord to forgive us and be set free. We've been given good news tonight, and we're meant to accept that good news and rejoice in it and know God's blessing on our lives and to help minister to the brokenhearted and to those who need to be set at liberty. So we praise God for his holy and precious word.
Now we'll, we'll come to, uh, uh, to think about the message and our, and our res- response to it, as it were. I did write one or two things down here very briefly. Uh, well, I, I don't know, I seem to know most of you here tonight. I <laughs> would have been, have you received the good tidings? Well, I have, and I expect you have too. Uh, have you a burden for the truth of God? I can say down here too, have you an unforgiven sin in your life? That remains to be dealt with. Uh, the Lord Jesus stands uh, ready uh, to forgive. Uh, are you burdened with a care and anxiety? Well, the Lord can deal with your care and anxiety. Come to Jesus. Ask his help in prayer and lift your cares from your heart. As Peter says, cast your care upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Praise God. And uh, and may the Lord bless those who mourn, that they may be comforted. So receive our thanks uh, in Jesus' name. So we briefly pray. So dear Lord, we pray that you will set your seal upon your word that we'll receive what it is for us individually tonight and that you'll help us live out these truths in our lives, that we may glorify your, your name uh, and we give you praise for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen.